now proud partner of the Clydesdale Media. This is the Type 1 Lifting Podcast. Hey guys, before we start this episode, I wanted to talk to you about Type 1 Lifting. So Type 1 Lifting is a clothing line that proceeds of the shirts and tanks and everything else goes to the Children's Diabetes Foundation. So um, this all came about with me and seeing a five-year-old girl in the emergency department uh, that had new onset of diabetes. So uh, just take a look at the website. It's www.type1lifting.com. So just check it out. If you don't buy anything, that's perfectly fine. Uh, I would just like for you just to take a look and just see what we have. So like I said before, www.type1lifting.com. And guys, I hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, we have a new sponsor for the Type 1 Lifting Podcast. The company's called Liberté Lifestyle. So Liberté is a French word meaning freedom, and the company was founded on the desire to have freedom to choose what we want to do with our lives. I actually had the owner, um, Nicole, on my podcast on episode 28, so if you want to go back and listen to her, um, she talks about how she started the company and what she wants to do in the future with the company, which is pretty cool. So uh, they actually have knee sleeves, wrist wraps, shirts, shorts. Uh, love the knee sleeves. I have the ice cream knee sleeves, and I love them so much. They haven't the neoprene's still good. Uh, the seams haven't split compared to other uh, knee sleeves that I have had in the past, uh, and I'm planning to keep these for a very, very long time. So uh, Nicole actually gave me a promo code for you guys too. So it's all capital letters, T-Y-P-E, and the number one. So it's type one. So go to LibertéLifestyle.com, uh, check out what they have in the store, use the promo code type one, and save some coin. Now let's go to the episode. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Type 1 Lifting Podcast. I have a very interesting guest. Like I've been following him on TikTok for quite a while, so uh, he also owns a CrossFit gym as well. This is uh, influencer Jeff Zawali. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Not bad. Thank you for coming on the show. Like um, When I first saw you, it was pretty much on TikTok. And so, but before TikTok, I want to kind of talk about uh, and even owning a CrossFit gym, I kind of want to talk about like how you even got it started. Cause I know in the beginning you had a nine to five job. So, um, what were yeah. you doing at your nine to five job? So believe it or not, for the last, I'd say 30 plus years, I was working in the fast food industry. Okay. So I went to Penn state and have a bachelor's in microbiology and a master's in food science. And of all things, I ended up graduating with my master's and going to work for Domino's Pizza Corporate in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And I worked for them for 20 years. Great job, great company. Ended up uh, eight years in international, basically traveling the world. That's awesome. Developing pizza cheese and pizza sauce, like in Australia and Korea, uh, Taiwan, Greece. Uh, I remember one time sitting in Athens, Greece, thinking, how the hell did I get here? <laughs> it's like, you know, kind of like backtracking, like this led to this, led to this. And now I'm sitting here like in Athens, Greece, going to a pizza supplier for Domino's Pizza. So I, I did that for 20 years. And after 20 years, uh, I kind of wanted to do something different. So I ended up taking a job down in Miami with Burger King and kind of doing the same thing there. My my roles at, at Domino's and Burger King were basically developing new products. So I led the menu development team and marketing. Mm-hmm. So my team was the one that came up with like the Philly cheesesteak pizza and, you know, the Buffalo wild, you know, the Buffalo wings. And then was at Burger King for four years and uh, left there and ended up in Southern California working for all places, Jack in the box. <laughs> I mean, so I, I tell people I spent the first 30 years making people unhealthy. Now I'm spending the rest of my time making people healthy uh, uh, and re- kind of semi-retired. Um, not really my choice. Uh, was uh, laid off, let go, left the industry four years ago. Yeah, four years ago. Took a year off and then uh, ended up investing and in buying a CrossFit gym. Okay. That's okay. What I've been doing the last three years. Is, yeah. Uh, CrossFit. 
So were you tip? Were you typically like eating like like when you were working at Domino's and then Burger King and Jack in the Box? You were like eating their food and stuff. I would literally come down like a Jack in the Box. I would literally come down to the test kitchen, and at nine o'clock in the morning, the um, the person who was in charge of the burger category, I would have nine burgers li- lined up in front of me. Oh jeez. <laughs> and I mean, we. We would use spit cups like they do on, in the wine industry. Yeah, yeah. You can't eat all this stuff. So you chew it and then, you know, you, you spit it out. But like nine o'clock, I'm eating burgers and 10 o'clock, I'm having fries. And in the afternoons, it's shakes and chicken sandwiches. And, you know, the food's good. But after a while, my focus in terms of kind of what I really wanted to do was not that. I loved the creative part you know, the marketing and creating things, but it got harder and harder to eat that food every day. I, yeah, I was just going to ask you that. So yeah. um, wait, with Domino's, were you, did you, I know you said you make the Philly cheesesteak burger. Did you do the barbecue chicken one too as well? Yeah, I mean, when I was, at, and this is like 15 years ago, um, we were doing like, uh, we would come out with like five or six new pizzas a year. So we were always coming up with something different, but I worked on like the Philly cheesesteak pizza, I did, my team developed the, uh, the Buffalo wings, uh, the New York style, the deep dish. We did all that. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I know you said you're, uh, you just got sick and tired of eating it. So were your, were your tights buds kind of like out of whack just for eating the same stuff, like over and over or just trying new things. Yeah. You know, it's weird uh, because when we would eat all this, we went, we went swallow it, you know, yeah. we would chew it and then you spit it out. So it, it does weird things to your brain. So your brain thinks you're eating, but then like, you're still hungry. So it, 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 it was, yeah, it was a lot. I mean, I, I loved it, but even people at work were like, hey, he's in charge of coming up with new products, but he's never eating the food, you know? So uh, it was time for me to move on to something else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I missed the money for sure. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, I can yeah. imagine. So, um, so when when did when did roughly you know actually before the CrossFit thing? So, was your whole life kind of thinking like, okay, I need to like rate, I rise up in the corporate ladder pretty much and just kind of like retire after a certain level oh, and like yeah and and like never even thought about like owning a gym at all. I mean, if you would have told me when I was like going to college that that you know in my fifties I'd be living in Southern California and, and running a CrossFit gym, I, you're crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, you know, I'm a boomer. So, you know, back then it's like, you go, you graduate, you go to college, you get a job, uh, you stick with the same job for 20 years, you mm-hmm. kind of raise yep. up. Yep. And I mean, you know, I was a Domino's for 20 years and, uh, again, I, it was the best probably part of my career, but you know, it was always like, the next title, the next movement upwards and being mobile. And, uh, but, you know, I finally got to a vice president level here at Jack in the Box. And like I said, the money was great, uh, but I was not happy. You know, it was stressful, you know, uh, politics, you know. So you chase all this for years and then it's like, well, shit, you know, the money's great, but I would literally go into the office and think one more day closer to retirement. Yeah. It was like sucking my soul away. Yep. Then I go to the gym and it's like, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So um, when, when did, when did CrossFit come about? Uh, I started doing CrossFit like um, 10 or 11 years ago when I was still down in um, South Florida. So 11 years ago, I took my first CrossFit class in Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Uh, had read an article, I think it was in Men's Health or GQ, about this new training routine, mm-hmm. CrossFit. And, you know, I'd always gone, uh, I was never good at sports, was never on a sports team, hated gym class when I was in high school, always the last one picked. And, uh, you know, I, I lifted, you know, you go to the global gym, you do your thing, but nothing ever changed for me. Yeah, you know, uh, it wasn't until I, I started doing CrossFit 11 years ago, but it wasn't, I'd say, until I came out here to San Diego and maybe seven or eight years ago, I really started getting serious with like understanding like lifting and the movement and that type of thing. 
Mm -hmm. yeah. So you were before CrossFit, you were typically used to like the bro splits kind of yeah. deal. You know, yeah. curls and bench press and yeah, but I, I didn't know what I was doing. You're just kind of going in like using machines. Yeah. Yeah. And that's pretty much like everyone when they first start, like you start out or just like, I mean, I've, I've been a personal trainer for quite a while too, before, you know, I, I had to unfortunately go corporate, but actually I'm glad I went corporate wink, wink. But, uh, anyway, uh, but you know, it's, I still see the same people like over and over again, still doing the same thing. And it's just like, you know, after a while, like, you know, you look at yourself like, Hey, this may not be working. Let's try something different. Right. But they just, everyone's set in their routine and they do the same thing over again. And that, and that was kind of like me too. I was doing, you know, typical bro splits, you know, like, you know, and, I, and then all of a sudden I saw the movie 300 and that's how I started CrossFit pretty much doing yeah. like the 300 workout. And then I was at an air force base when I was in the military and, uh, yeah, it was just like they, they had a CrossFit gym and they're like, Oh, you need to do like a two week on ramp program. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And I walked in there. I'm like, I want to do CrossFit. And they're like, well, you look pretty fit. So let's, let's see what you can do for the first day. And then maybe I'll put you in the on-ramp. And then the first day they're like, yeah, you don't have to do the on-ramp program. You're good. So I was like, yeah. okay, all right, good. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. So when, when you started CrossFit, like you said, you did your first class, was that like the first day, like you kind of got hooked or you're just like, okay, this is kind of for me. Or were you like, I don't know about this. Yeah. I mean, I mean, 11 years ago, I kind of feel it's changed quite a bit. Um, I did it for like a year in Florida and I, I don't know if I was hooked. I liked it, but there wasn't really a community vibe at the box I was going. It was more mm -hmm. like you show up, you work out and then you leave. And, you know, back then it was still pretty intimidating too, because I really wasn't that fit. Uh, and then I came out to Southern California, kind of had a bad experience in one of the boxes here. I, they threw me up on the rings and had me doing like ring progressions. And I almost like torqued my shoulder and it, it, it wasn't run very well. Uh, so I took like a year off and went back to the global gym and, uh, said one time thought, okay, I'm going to try it again. And went to a box here downtown and that's when I got hooked. Okay. Because they had, they had all the, I think all the right components in terms of the programming, the community, the coaching, uh, just the vibe of the gym. And that's when it's like, okay, now, now I get it. Now yeah. I get it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because yeah. co coaching, coach, I think coaching is like a huge aspect of like ret retention for clients too. So, I mean, if you have like exactly like you're doing ring progressions and you're not ready for it, there's like, yeah. there's no point in like, and yeah. In, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. And I mean, I tell people when they, they hear like, I own a CrossFit gym, it's like, oh, I, that's, you know, you're going to hurt yourself. And it's like, people are <laughs> still dealing with that. It's like, well, people hurt themselves for two reasons. There's bad coaching and there's ego. You know, you're trying to RX it or just have bad coaches. But um, yeah. Um, so then I, I joined this gym, was there for about three years, and the, uh, the GM left to go to this other box, which is the one I now own. And I followed him over there and had been at Stay Classy for really almost since they began. So about eight, eight years. Eight okay. Years. Okay. Yeah. And, and when, when did you finally think about like buying the gym? Like how, how did that whole process work? So, um, so I've been going into the Stay Classy Cross for, for eight years and uh, got to know the owner fairly well and kind of in passing one time said, Hey, you know, if you're ever looking for an investor or a partner, I'd be interested. And, uh, I don't know if this was before or after I left corporate, but, uh, stay classy, uh, here is known. They call us the gypsies because we've been in business almost we're in, finishing our ninth year, but we've moved eight times. <laughs> nine years <laughs> for various reasons so that was what got me in as an owner so we were in a location um, at one point and the landlord was asking us to relocate for a couple months so he could finish the the, the build out and the owner was like you know we're not going to move for three months then move back here so when they were looking for a temporary spot to move us in he found this larger location which was double the size that we were in 
And that's when he approached me and said, hey, I think now's a good time to bring in uh, a partner uh, because we were gonna really deck this place out with like wall flooring and new equipment, bigger size and came in through that investment and uh, became a co-owner. Okay, cool. So and now, and this is the this is the place you're in right now, correct? So uh, the one I invested in was like three locations ago. Okay. <laughs> because COVID hit. Oh yeah. And when COVID hit, we had been in that location. It was it was sweet, man. This was like a it was an old depository with like these concrete walls and high ceilings, skylights, and. We started a side hustle of, we put our uh, gym on a, this website called Pure Space, where you rent out your facility. Uh, and it had a really cool vibe and great lighting. Mm -hmm. And we were getting contracts and uh, work with like Rain Energy Drink and coming in and filming commercials. Oh, cool. And we were having uh, fitness influencers fly in from Chicago to rent out the space for their photo shoots. And, uh, but then COVID hit. And we were forced to move out and we had been in that space about a year and a half and the landlord still hadn't done the build outs on the bathrooms and showers. So when we moved out for COVID and we were finally able to go back in, we said, you know what, we're going to break the lease because he was never going to finish those build outs. Yeah. Uh, as part of COVID, we relocated outdoors and we're in, now we're in this space, which is sort of like a hybrid indoor outdoor space here at san diego yeah which which, which i crazy. which is sick like i if if anyone gets to see this this his video like his on his TikTok videos he has his gym on there and it's like um i think it's so cool that you have these like big doors that are opened up that like, go outside and it's like inside and you can kind of like be in both places at once and i i know you've did an episode good no no go ahead Oh, so I know you you had an episode of how you fix like when it rains out and how you like kind of clean that stuff. I know that I know that's super annoying, but like that if you have a chance to see his gym, it's it's so sick. I, I love it. I mean, I think luckily, it's so cool. it doesn't rain that much in San Diego. Uh, yeah, but uh, you know, we, I mean, we have drop-ins who come in just because they see that on social media, like because we're right down the street from the convention center, mm -hmm. so we get a lot of convention uh, drop-ins coming in, and they come in just because they know they're going to be able to work outside and during COVID all the boxes were outside but you would think living in San Diego someone would have figured out hey you know a great business model would be like this indoor outdoor space yep because they're going to be build, building condos in there so we're going to eventually have to move but we're we definitely love the outdoor space yeah. yeah. So like, obviously, you know, there's openings to get inside too. Is there, have you had any issues of people breaking in at all or? No, uh, I mean, once, because, you know, we have security cameras. Yeah. Uh, we share that space with two other tenants. Um, but, you know, we really haven't had that much of an issue. Uh, and when they, they did get in, they, they took the iPad. Uh, I mean, kind of kettlebells and plates yeah. and things like that but no we haven't had any security issues okay luckily. okay yeah. so um how did you get the name stay classy was that from like the anchorman move movie or how, how did that come 100%. about yeah uh the the founder lee j uh was trying to come up with all these like names and uh the, the way he tells that he was flying on a plane and he was going through this list nothing really was like popping out to him and the anchorman movie came on <laughs> and he said stay you stay classy san diego and he goes that's it very cool that, that's awesome that's awesome yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I love it i love it so um how how do you so i know you've gotten like newer equipment and stuff like that so like can you tell us like what the equipment not the not the entire equipment list but like you know what do you have in the gym that kind of sets for separates your gym from like other gyms uh, I mean, we have everything that you would think a CrossFit gym would have except ski ergs. And uh, model, um, prior, it was almost like un unlimited in terms of um, clients coming in for a class. Mm -hmm. You know, we would scramble if all of a sudden we had 16 people signed up for a class. 
but after COVID, we started this 12 max and we built a rig out. So it's, uh, I'd say it's a, there's six, uh, it's a 60 foot rig, double-sided. Wow. So we've got 12 racks, 12 uh, squat racks. Um, so we can do 12 positions. Everyone has their own, you know, rig. We have 12 bikes, we have 12 rowers. Um, and then because of the way we have the outdoor space, we were able to do two classes at once. So a couple times a week while the CrossFit class is going on, kind of inside the warehouse, we've got barbell going on outside or like a, we call it a burn class mm-hmm. going out. So I, I say what sets us apart really is more of than anything else. It's just the outdoor space. Yeah. And the vibe. I mean, we have the same equipment that everybody else has ropes and bikes and rowers and that type of thing. But nine times out of 10, I just, it just happened today. Someone dropped in. It's like, shit. Cool. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah. Usually it's like, like in a strip mall and, you know, it's your typical gym, but we've always kind of gone out of the way uh, to do something a little bit different because it kind of fits our brand. Yeah. Well, kind of like this quirky, weird box. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So, um, how many, how many clients, how many clients do you have total? If you don't mind me asking, I have no problem. Uh, right now. So during actually last year, right out of COVID was our best year ever. And we were averaging anywhere from like 140 to 145. This year, right now we're down about 15. We're at averaging about 125 to 130. Mm -hmm. Um, we have a lot of military. Um, we're right down the road from uh, the Navy station. So our client base kind of does this every month. Yeah. So we'll lose 10 to 12 members. And then by the end of the month, we've gained them back. Now, some of that's military being deployed, relocation, and we're in a pretty competitive market. I mean, Invictus is right down the street. Yep. Um, but you know, we've got two other boxes that are, I would say, within a two-minute drive. But the three of us have very different demographics and vibes and community. Mm-hmm. So I had one guy come in, and he's new to town. He was dropping in at each box just to see how he felt. And I think we each have found our own little niche mm-hmm. in terms of pricing, community, coaching, and, and just culture. Yeah. Okay. Very, very cool. So, um, so do you, do you guys do the programming or do you have like some, like another company do it? Like, and, and, and like, what's your, what's, what's, what's your pretty much like idea of like programming for your box? Yeah. So our, we've always done our own programming, uh, the last, I'd say year and a half, Garrett Fisher has been doing our programming. Oh, cool. Very cool. Yeah. So, um, story here so Invictus is right down the street yeah and Garrett and Lauren trained there and when we were at the original uh, the, the, the location where I invested into one day we got this email from Garrett and said hey you know um was reaching out to see if you would be interested interested in uh, uh needing any coaching coaches on staff so we, he came by and uh we hired him as a coach and he was coming out of an injury and said that his competing days were done but he loved the community and still wanted to stay within CrossFit. So we brought him in as a coach and he coached for us for about a year. And then him and his girlfriend moved out to uh, Charlotte. And uh, right before he moved, we had him doing our programming. Okay. And, uh, when he moved, we decided to keep him on to uh, keep doing the programming. Okay, cool. And, Very uh, cool. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a little, I guess, feather in our cap to have him doing it, but we, we've looked at, um, the cap programming and talked about maybe trying that out at some point, uh, just for some consistency, but I don't know, I kind of always liked in-house programming because it, you kind of see how your athletes are doing and kind of what the vibe of the gym is. And, yep. um, yeah, I, I, I kind of like doing it in-house. It's always yeah. worked. For us. Okay. So when, when Garrett Fisher came to the, the box where you're like, 
holy shit it's a holy crossfit shit. athlete <laughs> like this guy's a, and he's like and he's tall like granted, he's, he's, he's like six was he six four or yeah, six three yeah he's yeah high. yeah it's yeah. it's yeah what what was it like seeing him for the first time and like you're like uh i, I mean you, you you knew the people who knew who he was so like when he would come in and coach you could see it's like people would react like it's like Gary Fisher, and then you have some people. It's like I have no idea who that is. Yeah. Like, oh. uh, and then we'd have. Um, I mean, back in the this is back in the when regionals was still around, and at the OG, the very first location, we had Tia come in one time. Uh, she was here doing regionals. Okay. Just like seven years ago, and this is before she was who she is now, and she came in and trained. Uh, the few days before the the regional events, uh, and looking back, it's like shit. Yeah. Came in again. That's cool. Uh, that, that's very cool. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So, so um, how how do how do your affiliate members kind of help you out becoming a better coach and like better a gym owner for you? You mean other affiliate owners? No, no. I'm just saying. I'm sorry. No, I I meant your 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 clients. How, how do they, how do they help you become like a better coach and a better gym owner? Uh, I mean we get a lot of feedback, but everyone's sort of like an expert in CrossFit. Mm -hmm. So you always have those people. It's like, well, everyone's saying this. It's like, who's saying this? Like everyone <laughs> or just a couple of you. Yeah. Um, how do they make us better owners? I mean, we, I'm there every day. Uh, and I talk to them a lot about the programming, the vibe, the culture. Uh, I would say I just wrote the newsletter for this month and we have this month over 20 people celebrating their fourth anniversary. Oh, cool. Which, um, yeah, so there was a, I'm divert here for a second. So stay classy, a little backstory. So there was a, a the, the box downtown, it was originally called East Village. Mm -hmm. This was eight, nine years ago. And at one point, it was the only kind of box in town other than Invictus. And within one week, two of the coaches at East Village left to sign leases to open up their own box within the same week. Neither of them knew that they were signing leases literally within a block of each other. <laughs> so the Coronado, Coronado Bridge here in San Diego. Yep. Literally on one side of the bridge was Stay Classy, and on the other side of the bridge was Fathom CrossFit. And those coaches signed leases the same week. So when Stay Classy would run their 400 meter run, we would run right next to Fathom. <laughs> that's that's and, funny. Uh, so Fathom ended up in a retail space, and the rent kept going up. So about Three years ago, they ended up closing, and most of those members transferred over to, or four years ago, transferred over to Stay Classy. So we had a big contingent coming from Fathom that are now in their four year. But um, in terms of what makes us, uh, me, a better, a better affiliate owner, is again just listening to the members, really. Mm -hmm. um, and making the changes uh, and keeping abreast of kind of like the vibe in the gym, because uh, I think it can change really quickly if you're not careful. Um, so yeah, I see just getting feedback from them all the time. Okay, cool. Now, since you're an, since you're an affiliate, have you had help from CrossFit to kind of make your, make your box a little bit better or what? Uh, honestly speaking. Yes. Uh, not really. No, I, I kind of figured. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, we went through the whole debate about de-affiliating de a couple of years ago when all that was going on. And at one point, we thought we were. And then uh, when Eric came in, we thought, well, you know, let's give him a try. And because uh, we really do believe that CrossFit brings value. I mean, a lot of people Google it and looking for a box to drop in. So, um, but we stuck with the affiliation. It's interesting because I've I've worked in the franchise side for 30 years. Yeah. A completely different model than a licensee model. Uh, so so I get it. 
but I think at some point when you're like this global brand, granted we're only paying $3,000 for the trademark, but, and we had our um, uh, affiliate rep come in and visit us. And I, and I was honest with them. It's like, as an affiliate, affiliate owner, I find out more about what's going on through morning chalk up <laughs> or, you know, uh, podcasts yep. uh, than I do from CrossFit HQ. Yeah. And I just think they can do a better job of like treating us like, like owners. Yep. You know, like, Hey, we're, we're bringing in a new interim CEO and sending out a newsletter or, or just something rather than reading it on morning chalk up or, mm-hmm. I don't know. They're trying, but, and then with the Dave leaving and then coming back and I don't know. We do our thing and I follow what's going on, but I don't feel like anything's changed in the last two or three years as an affiliate owner. Yeah. Yeah. Now, since, since Dave coming in, just recently getting hired and just helping out with the affiliates, do you, th- cause I know for, I don't personally know, but I've heard that he is all about helping the affiliates out and all about the affiliates across it. Now, do you think him stepping into that new, new position that he's in right now may help CrossFit the, and the affiliates a little bit better? I hope, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I'll have to wait you, and see. Yeah, you'll see it when you believe you'll you'll you believe it when you see it, pretty much. Yeah, because I mean, again, speaking from the franchise model, and again, I don't think it should be exactly the same. Um, I mean, I would love for them rather than just offering like uh, L one training to offer like business classes. Yeah, like on a gym, how to do social media, how to do marketing, uh, you know, P and L statements and balance sheets and. Uh, how affiliates can work together and, and that type of thing. Um, and I think there's a lot they could do to help the affiliate owners. Yeah. You know, and, and things that they have done, I feel like haven't led to any, uh, what was the thing that they were doing? The, they were beta testing that online course where people could go on and pay a fee and do their onboarding online. I didn't hear about that one. Yeah, they were doing like a foundations class online they're doing this beta testing so that people who had never done CrossFit before could go online and kind of go through like the foundations so that then when they go to a box, they could maybe like opt out of like basics because. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do remember hearing about that. Yeah. Yeah. But then nothing really like happened. Yeah. You know? Um, And the problem with that is, is like, you're not, it's like, granted you're doing the bait, you're doing the testing online you're not having like coaches like side by side and you're not even in a box and like you don't know if like the box you go to is going to be a good one and so yeah i I think there's a lot more they could they could be doing than they're doing now so Mm -hmm. um, yeah wait and see but uh, even during covid i I would have loved for them to come back and said hey you guys were closed for x number of months and you know and because i know french franchisors and franchisees did this it's like, we're going to reduce your marketing fee for the remainder of the year. Mm-hmm. So we're going to discount your affiliate fee. So we're going to take 50% off when it comes up for renewal. Something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, and then um, I, I, heard, I heard, I don't know if this is true. I know you say you were, you were thinking about de-affiliating and I, I've heard if, if you want, if you want your CrossFit gym to do the open, and you're not affiliated, just have two staff members or like two somebody that take it, like they've taken the coach's class and then that's, you don't have to even worry about an affiliation fee. Correct. So have you Which, even thought, have you thought about doing that? No, I mean, the way I looked at that this year was that in the years past, you had to go to a box to do the open. So it got people coming into the box that maybe not would have never experienced CrossFit. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's, the opposite of helping the affiliate owners because now you don't have to go to a box. You can just take the judges course and judge someone in your garage, Jim. Yep. So how is that helping me? Because those people would have come to my box to do it. Mm-hmm. And at least I would have gotten a drop in fee. Yeah. 
but but now it's like anyone can go on and, and and then i'm sure you've i mean seen the andrew hiller videos yes yes yeah uh so you've got all that going on with judging uh yeah I, most so we always promote the open in our gym and i would say and we do the workouts friday as part of the programming anyway mm -hmm. so people are going to do the workouts and then we do like a friday night lights uh but i'd say we have less people registering and paying the 20 dollars fee this year than we did in the years past mm -hmm. yeah because yeah. they because they don't know what's going on and so why yeah, why I mean, would why would you pay yeah. for something that you don't have know what's going on in the future the future yeah and, and the average member isn't being caught up in the whole drama of you know crossfit yeah i'd say about half of our members kind of like are into that and the other half are just coming in to get a workout yeah yeah half of them are watching the hiller videos and the other half yeah. aren't so exactly. yeah. so what do, you, what do you think about andrew hiller i think he's great yeah i've i've been saying this i've been thinking the same thing i mean uh because i i've made it to the online qualifiers twice now okay and even this year uh i was telling our, our gm it's like you know i didn't record anything because i knew i wasn't going to make it to the games mm -hmm. uh but then i saw some of these age online qualifier videos and it's like shit. i, I mean and these are like the top athletes yeah and, and uh, i mean so i'm thinking what are the guys like that aren't making it to games what are, what are their reps look like because when i finished after they I guess verified all the results. I moved. I moved up like fifteen to twenty positions after they cleaned everything up. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I, it's an interesting discussion. I'm hope CrossFit is listening because I think he's making a lot of very valid points. Yeah, he's he's making a lot of noise real quick, real quick. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, you were talking I like about. Yeah, I, I love it too. I watch every video pretty much. So, um, so you would say you were doing an, the online qualifier. Do you have any ambitions of going to the CrossFit Games, or is it just like just doing it for fun? Uh, yeah, no. I mean, I, I joke now that I mean I'll turn fifty nine next month, so I'll jump into the sixty. <laughs> so I'll be a new newbie. Yeah. Uh, two, three years ago, I the year I retired retired and the uh and when i bought the gym i was really serious about it i would i had like i had a coach i was training for it i mean i was there in the morning i'd go in the evening i was training hard because my goal was to get to the online qualifiers mm -hmm. and i made it i finished in the top this was before they were taking the top 10 percent. so i finished in the top 200 in my age category nice. moved on and the weekend of the age online qualifiers i did two of the events friday night and one of them was this like four thousand meter row and 80 bar over, uh over the row of burpees and and 30 snatches or something and i came in the next day to do the deadlift workout and i warmed up with the deadlift and something happened with my back yeah and that did not feel good and wasn't able to do any of the remaining three events. And the Monday morning, I herniated my disc. Oh, that so sucks. Yeah. I was, I was on the floor for like two weeks and didn't have to have surgery, fully recovered. Uh, but yeah, I mean, do I want to make it to the games? Yeah, I think it's one of those things you think about, but I'm not training hard for it right now or anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so, so you were also talking about social media, like, you know, learning how to do social media. So obviously you're, you're pretty well known on TikTok and you're pretty well known on Instagram. <laughs> so how, how, like, first of all, like, how did you even like want to sign up for an account on TikTok? And like, did you even realize like you were going to explode that the way you did? Uh, well, it was during COVID. Um, and then I was doing the social media for our, our gym and uh, and I had my personal account and uh, got on TikTok during COVID and was just playing around with it. I had, had it, I had it as the gym account. Okay. And really wasn't getting a lot of traction because it was, a, it was a business account. So I thought, what the hell? I'll, I'll switch it over to my personal account. 
<laughs> and then uh, started getting more views. And I made this really, and they say this is what happens. I made this really quick video uh, post of, uh, can you can you skip to the good part? That, that trending sound? Yeah, yeah. And it was me like in a suit and skipping to the good part was like owning the gym. And this thing went off like over the weekend. And I think it's like 1.3 million views now. Dang, that's crazy. That's crazy. And I mean, people were reaching out to do like, like I got this uh, woman from LinkedIn who reached, saw on, saw on her <laughs> TikTok and reached out to me on LinkedIn. And uh, she wanted to interview me and put me on a webcast for this thing that they were doing on LinkedIn about the great resignation. And uh uh, you're like the third person that's reached out from to do a podcast with and oh cool um and then just kind of got hooked doing you know the TikToks and um just making having fun with it and i i, I thought it was going to do more of like a um perspective of like a business owner but now it's just more of a kind of a fun account and yeah yeah and i and i i love it how you like kind of mix both together of like business and doing fun at the same time so because yeah. I, I remember like you had that video of like, how do you, how, how do I clean my gym after a rainstorm? And then like the next one, you're just like doing like a, a you know, doing a skit that you had like a, you know, a voice, you're not even doing a voice or, but like you had a voice at like talking and then like you're doing that, doing something, you know, well, that, that cleaning video with the Zamboni. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Quarter million views. <laughs> it's like of me cleaning the gym. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't get the algorithm, but I, I don't either. I mean, I've, I've gotten viral on one post. I, I, what it was, was I was doing three hang cleans, um, hang, hang, hang cleans, hang power cleans. And this girl was like in the background and I didn't really notice in the video until my buddy showed me and he, she's just sitting there staring at me, like drinking water and like, and just watching me doing the cleans. And then like, it just absolutely blew up. Cause I put an arrow arrow on her. And so like it, I don't, for some reason I hit like, six six hundred thousand views but i haven't i haven't i haven't been able to hit that like after that so it, it comes and goes and, and now it's just more for fun and uh yeah i like it it's fun yeah and also you you've, you've gotten some like a little exposure on on um on and it's instagram too as well yeah I've from had, that. I uh yeah i mean i'm because i'm running the account there and then my personal account and you start watching YouTube videos on how to grow and how to, how to edit and that type of thing. And then you learn about the algorithm and, uh, but I'm getting, and, and, and now brands are reaching out <laughs> and I'm, they're paying me for like content. So I, yeah, yeah. I mean, people are sending me things to review and paying me for content and sure. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Yeah, just 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 wait. My wife's a, uh, a social media influencer too. She's got like about seventy or oh, sixty nine thousand uh, followers on Instagram, and like, man, if if we, once you start exploding, like I, we we've done we've gone on trips like fully paid for. We we get like literally like packages like every single day, on like, hey, you know, here's our product, try it out, or like, you know, here's here's the product so you could do a paid advertisement for. It's insane, and it's like how. And the thing is like, I try to like, I don't mimic her, but the problem is like, she's fashion and like lifestyle. I'm more of a fitness podcast and like diabetes. Yeah. So that's like, she's like, all you do is do videos of like you lifting. And I'm like, well, I'm a fitness, you know, influencer. Yeah, and yeah, it, yeah, not, yeah. Not, I'm not even calling it an influencer. I'm just doing a guy doing fitness and podcasts. So it's like completely different. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, it, it's, it's crazy how the algorithm is algorithms like blows up, blows people up and you know, well, yeah, because uh, you know, I'm helping other people out now. And uh, a couple other gyms have reached out to me here locally. Uh, one of our coaches um, left and opened up their own gym, and I'm helping her out. So I coach over there every now and then. Mm -hmm. um, but the algor algorithm is very different on TikTok because 95% of people watching your video there don't follow you. Mm -hmm. So every time you're posting, you're showing up to completely new people. Or on Instagram, it's pretty much your followers. Um, and I'm growing a lot faster on TikTok than I am on Instagram. And yeah, that's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I need to talk to you offline just about that to grow my stuff. Okay. So, but, but, um, and I, 
another thing I wanted to talk about, I know there was, I remember one TikTok video you had, it was all the flags that you had lined up and you had the pride flag in next to the American flag. And someone commented like, Hey, you, you need to switch the American flag to the, you know, yeah. switch them over. And I, I loved it how you actually listen to people's like, obviously there's some people that write really crappy comments and stuff like that. And it's, you know, comes with the territory, but I loved it how you actually like, you know, you know, do videos of like people, you know, writing their, about their comments yeah, yeah, yeah. and you listen. Yeah. Because I'm, I, I, I think I reacted to that more than anything because of the military that we have. Yeah. I just, I mean, I'm going to respect it. So, uh, when some, so yeah, we have three, we have the POW, we have the pride flag and we have the American flag. And I, I knew that the American flag was always supposed to raise higher than the others. Yep. But we had the American flag in the center. And someone posted like, well, when you have a series of flags, the American flag comes first. So I put a video on of me changing up the flag. And I actually kind of went a little viral. And then someone commented, well, you have the pride flag backwards. <laughs> so then I went and switched that one. And then it became this whole thing and people were calling it flag talk because my, my account was all about Flags. flags yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah i mean i get you know the as i i grew in and had you know things go viral you get those comments but the way i handle them is i always respond and thank them for increasing my engagement yeah. because every time someone comments and and at first i took that really like personally and it's like it like that bothered the shit out of me mm -hmm. And it's like, should I delete the comment? Should I respond myself? And I reached out to uh, this other influencer that I was following. And I said to her, it's like, how do you handle it? Because she had like half a million uh, followers. And she said, let your followers handle it for you. And sure enough, nine times out of 10, I don't even have to respond, but other people will comment and to the to the yeah, to yeah. hateful comments yeah and i don't even have to like, respond <laughs> nice that's or awesome. if it, if there is one i'll pin their comment and put a video responding to their comment and then nine times out of ten their comments deleted they self-delete so <laughs> I, I don't bother me anymore that's hilarious i mean but i mean since you brought it up i mean we have a very diverse uh, membership my business partner is filipino I'm gay. So our whole vibe is, you know, everyone's welcome. We have military, we have Trump supporters, we have people from San Diego. Um, yeah, I mean, our, it's uh, a very inclusive, all welcome. I mean, we're in Barrio Logan, which is the Hispanic neighborhood of San Diego. Mm -hmm. So even where we've always been for the eight years has been a very ethnically diverse neighborhood. That's awesome. Uh, and that's totally our vibe. And you know, from the minute you walk in, whether or not you're going to fit or not. Yeah. Um, so there's no, we've never had problems with anyone not fitting into the community. We offer a free trial for a week uh, because we, even if someone comes and says, I want to sign up today, we tell them, no, take the free week. After the free week, if you feel this is a good fit for you, we'll sign you up. If not, go on your way. Yeah. Uh, so very rarely do we have people coming into the gym that are not a good fit because they know at the end of the week whether or not they're going to fit or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And typically, you know, like within the first day or the first session, you're like, okay, I don't, I don't know about this. Yeah, it's not just the whole politics and and that it's you know we're not a very competitive gym either like yeah if you're looking for that invictus is and we'll it's like hey if you're looking for that try out invictus and um the guy i mentioned earlier he was saying that he was going around trying out all the boxes and i said then you need to try bear republic down the street you know mm -hmm. make sure you try them out and see because yeah we're looking for long-term members and um, if it's not a good fit, I'd rather have them know before they join than, uh, than not. So yeah, so we handled it. Okay. Um, I actually heard a news article about YouTube and their short stories. Have you thought about doing YouTube because they're actually catching speed compared to TikTok? 
I have the thing that I struggle with is I I'm always doing like lip sync. Yeah. I'm like I I envy you that you can like do this podcast and just like put yourself out there. I haven't gotten that comfortable on like when I'm talking to you, it's fine. But putting that camera up and just like speaking to the camera and like I'm I'm not there yet. I'm still I'm still working on that. Yeah. Well, oh, it's it's funny. Most of those shorts are like TikTok videos, exactly like TikTok. So they're like you know when the girls are like why like they have like the SpongeBob like why aren't you in your uniform and then they'll just go back and they'll wear like something scandalous which is like those kind of videos I can't even stand but anyway but like it's like those kind of videos and like all your videos can be perfectly put on the YouTube Shorts and you could probably make another killing too. I have to try to check that out. Yeah. Yeah, because I know I've, I've been told like even Pinterest, you can post this of all. Places. Really? Yeah. I didn't hear about that. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 So, um, so with all with all your social media, do you have any plans of like hitting a certain number or or anything like that at all? No, I mean right now I'm just trying to like have fun with it. Yeah. I mean, I would like to grow. Um, I feel like I'm still figuring out what I want out of it. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I try not to like put too much on like. If, and if I do, I try to make it different um, in terms of like educational, like here's how to do a deadlift. That's like everyone does that. Mm -hmm. It's like how can we make it different and more compelling? Uh, I mean, I, I, I've thought about the whole age thing. You know, I'm going to be 60 next year. Is there something there? But I don't know. I'm still kind of playing around with it. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, so we're, we're getting close to the end. So, uh, one of the questions I had to you since, um, it's gay, gay pride month. So what is, what does gay pride month mean to you? Wow. So, um, I mean, 30 years ago, so what I graduated high school in 1981 and it was very different mm -hmm. uh, back then. I mean, and I always knew, but you know, you kind of push it down and think, okay, I can like pretend like I can, I can change. And uh, I mean, back then was like the whole AIDS crisis. So even that was like going through your head. So nowadays, especially here in our dark blue bubble of Southern California, <laughs> very liberal state, yeah, it's very different. So I think what gay pride means to me now is just showing people that you can be who you are uh, and be out and proud about it. I mean, I never would have thought I'd be on a podcast telling someone that I'm gay. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, I don't know how many people are going to see it. And now with even like the social media, it's like at some point you got to own it. You know, it's like life is short. Um, you know, and it's like, what are you waiting for? Mm -hmm. you know, live your moment, and yeah. not just with your, like your with gay pride, but the whole like leaving my job. And, and I see so many people like waiting to like be who they are or do what they want to do or travel. And you don't know what life is going to bring in next week and where you're going to be and how healthy you're going to do and you know, just do it. Yeah. Who you are. I mean, I, I think, yeah. So for me, gay pride is just owning it and being who you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so when I, a little quick story. So when I was in the military in the air force, like, um, I've worked with like, you know, multiple, I was working in a hospital in Boston. So there was like pretty much the staff was 50, 50, like gay, uh, gay men and gay and like gay women to, to straight men. And so like, I've never had an issue with gay people at all. Like there's I, I like whatever it's, it's your own prerogative or whatever, but like in the military, they did, they just started doing the don't ask, don't tell thing. And so I, you know, you have some people that like, haven't had the exposure to, you know, being around a, a gay person or anything like that. And like, I was, my, I was telling my, like my roommate, he's like, well, what do you think about this? Don't ask, don't tell thing. And I'm like, let them be with who they want to be. My, my main concern is if, if I get shot, who, are, are you capable of pulling me away to safety? Like, I don't care about your sexual preference. Like there's, I don't really just do your job. That's all I care about. And so, well, and and like, no, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. Well, it's, and then we get, I mean, so we're out with the military base. And I mean, I think we probably have a higher percentage of, of gay members than 
the, the CrossFit box and the neighborhood and Hillcrest. Yeah. Um, just because I think as a gay owner, I really am out there promoting it and being who I am on social media. And we have military members who are gay, who are coming in and they drop in at other boxes and they see that pride flag and they kind of know like, okay, I'm going to fit in here. Um, and that to me means a lot in terms of having military members who are now out coming into our gym with, you know, straight military members. And it's just, uh, it's just a cool vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So, uh, towards our last questions. So, um, do you have any goals like personal or like business wise that you want to hit at the end of the year? Yeah. I mean, ideally in terms of a business goal for me, two things, I would love to get to the point where we're continuously averaging 150 members. That to me is our sweet spot. Yeah. Two, finding a permanent long-term home. <laughs> and that, either that's leased or purchased. I mean, we would love to purchase a building, uh, but to me, those are, are two very attainable, I think, business goals is to hit that 150. And I know that's kind of an arbitrary number that people throw out there, but in terms of our business model and revenue, that's a really good sweet spot. And then to find a permanent home for us that we can really build our, our, our long future with. Okay. All right, cool. Um, anything personal wise? Travel. Okay. So what, what's your, what's your bucket list for traveling this year? Uh, so I have a two week trip planned in September to Croatia. Oh, very cool. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I, I've heard nothing but like amazing things there, especially their beaches and everything. Cool. So yeah, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have a blast. Um, yeah. So uh, what what's your favorite book? My favorite book, ooh, my go to is has always either one of two, Dune by Frank Herbert. Okay. Or Atlas Shrugged by Anne Rand. Okay, I haven't heard of that last one. Dune, I've, I'd say number one Dune. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so what is in your gym bag? Uh, actually I just got a brand new gym bag. I saw that you, you, you post, you posted it too. It's a sweet bag. It's like, a, it's a, like a photographer's bag. Yeah. Like how they put the, the lenses in and they've got this like side panel where your shoes can go and they call it like a school, school uh, shoe garage, which is pr pretty cool. But right now I've got everything from like, hand grips and knee sleeve and lifters, RX jump rope, uh, my tripod, my Osmi uh, uh, stick, fuel for fire, knocko, fit aid, uh, chalk, pumice. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> you got it. You got everything. I got everything. <laughs> um, and so uh, I'm going to go a little deep on this one. Um, so let's just say you're, you're on your deathbed. This is your last day on earth. You have everyone around you. Um, how do you want people to know you as? Oh, wow. This is deep. Uh, we just asked the, the question you're on your death, deathbed. What's your last meal the other day in one of the briefings, but, uh, how do people want, how do people want to remember me? Well, how do you is want people to, how do how do you want people to remember you as? Um, wow. Um, uh, First thing that pops into my, my mind is that someone who listens. Um, my biggest pet, pet peeve is when I, I, I just want to be heard. Yep. You know, um, when I was hired at Jack in the Box, they made us go to the psychiatrist before they would hire us <laughs> and put us like psychiatry test. And he and one of the questions he asked was something similar to this. And I said, the thing that bothers me the most is when I have something to say and people don't hear me and people don't listen. And I think for me, I want to know that I listened to them, that they were heard. Because mm -hmm. when people come into the gym, you don't know what's going on in their head, what they've done on work, what's going on with their personal life. And sometimes they just want to be seen and heard and be recognized. And I hope that people feel that I did that for them. So, okay. I like, I like that answer. I like that answer. Um, 
And also, um, obviously, TikTok is a good one. But if people have any questions about like, you know, you know, engagement or like the algorithm or your gym or like how to get involved with the gym and like sign up, like where can people reach out to you? Uh, DM me on, on Instagram. That uh, My Instagram handle is Jeff underscore XFit. Okay. Awesome. Well, well, thank you for doing this. You know, I really do appreciate it. And like, it's, I, I love, I love your growth on TikTok, and I, and I love looking at the gym and just seeing like how cool that gym is. And you know, and especially I like, I, I, you know, I, I thank you for taking the time to talk to me about your, your whole life and your experience in CrossFit. And, you know, thank you for your time. I do appreciate it. I, and I appreciate you asking. So it was a pleasure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thanks.